Whoa. All right, we're back. This is the series we had going before Advent. So we, we took a break to celebrate the, the coming of the Lord, His first coming. And uh, we have done that and enjoyed our time together. So that, that, that's been quite a journey just in itself. We were on the uh, uh, series Phanerosis, the Manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And we will continue that uh, to beginning today. So this series is dedicated to the idea of what, uh, or the experience of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. What happens when we come into this relationship with the Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit comes into us, and then He is transforming us into the likeness of of Christ, and we begin this new life. Along with that are manifestations, and there are numbers of those, and some of those are, as translators have given us this, spiritual gifts, so we're going to look at some of those and how that plays out and how that works in our lives. And we are in the midst of that, manifestations of the Holy Spirit. This is part four, and all the other ones are available online if you want to go back and take a look, uh, YouTube or somewhere out there, sermon.net. That's our other, that's, a, that's another one. Um, so, spiritual gifts, spiritual. We're going to start somewhere. You have a spiritual gift. First Peter Chapter 4, verse 10, and this is, is Peter, the one who was trained by Jesus, the one who turned on him, came back to him, and demonstrated the manifestation of the Holy Spirit right there at the beginning as the church began, uh, recorded in Acts chapter 2. You have a spiritual gift. So God has given each of you a gift. From his great variety of spiritual gifts, use them well to serve one another. That's just a statement. Peter's not giving a whole lot of information, background on that. He's just declaring, this is available to you. This is the reality you get to experience. So God has given each of you a gift. And there is something. It's a, it's a, uh, a grace, uh, a charisma. So people shy away from that because of a whole denomination that kind of got built up or a group of, of uh, believers in a particular, particular practice of, within Christianity, so they tend to shy. But it's a great thing. This charisma, this uh, reality, this grace that God has given, and he has uh, brought this to every believer and he says he's drawing it from a great variety of these charismas, these spirituals, and that, and that we are spirituals. He wants us to have this, this spiritual reality. He wants us to experience this thing that is not of this world. He is entering into this world uh, and manifesting himself through you, through every believer, and every believer manifest or can manifest these grace gifts that God has, has made available. So the Holy Spirit is, is, is doing this, and, and the purpose of those is to serve 
other people. So there's a number of things here just, just from this, from 1 Peter 4.10 that are helpful. The purpose is going to be to serve others. And there are tendencies within, within our, our Christian uh, groups to say, I've got this gift, therefore I need to be exalted. I need to be, I mean, and I'm jealous of somebody else's gift because they get to be uh, applauded and I haven't been applauded, I need to be applauded. And if I find my, my particular gift, and this becomes now a categorical sort of a thing, so if I get my gift, that's my badge of honor, and I need that badge, I need to find that badge so that I have access like a, like a key card or something that I can get into these other places, these other levels. And with my key card uh, and, and my, my secret pass here, then everybody else in the, in the church has to acknowledge me. See any problems with this yet? And it says that we have these to serve one another. Well, bummer. Because it doesn't serve our pride. It doesn't serve ego. It's not about, well, I need to find this so I can, you know, I really find myself. And if you've lost yourself, we, you know, there's therapy for that. we got other things going on. The gift, the, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is for the good of the whole, for the church, to make a difference in, in the wider family of God and Everyone has been given a manifestation, or it's, it's, it's there. It may be in seed form, it may be buried, but it's there, and everyone has this manifestation. And, all right, more on that. It's, it's not limited. He says there's a great variety. It's like how many... How many colors are there in the spectrum we can see? And then there's a spectrum we can't see. And then there's more than that if you get into the heavenlies. And he says that's what that word variety means. This great variety. How many, how many kinds of trees are there? And you come up with oak, elm, done. Thousands. How many, how many kinds of animals? Well, dogs, cats. Really? How many varieties of dogs? How many varieties of cats? How many, how many fish? How many, what's a great variety? Well, I come up with half a dozen. Huh. What about a great variety of gifts? Well, the scriptures, we can come through and name and, or, put numbers on them. It depends on how people number them. And some people come up with uh, seven major ones. Some people come up with 21. Some people can divide them, subdivide them, and come up with a few here and there. But, you know, so we're in our 21, 20s. We're done. That's the list. I'm going to look at this again. Great variety. Why didn't you just say 21? You get one of 21. No. Great variety. God has all of this. 
immense creativity that he has designed all of what we can tell of creation. We will discover much more when we get to heaven with him because there's a whole beyond this universe more. And he has, he is not limited. This is an unlimited, powerful Holy Spirit who has in mind the well-being of the church who he wants to lift up because this is about Jesus. And he wants to help the church to become what it ought to be. As Jesus is building his church, the Holy Spirit is there, empowering, lifting up. And, and part of that process is to work in you, in me, and work through us to serve other people. And it's to serve other people for God's purposes. So this is, this, it's also, that's also what this part of this is going to God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. They're coming from this huge uh, storeroom of of these, which have to do with what is going on at the time. How can that? What is the need of someone in in the in the church, and how can that be helped by a manifestation of the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit can give that gift to you so that you can help that person and meet that need. That is a crazy thing. He might actually use you to accomplish his purpose. And he would manifest in you, through you, and in ways that are not limited to the physical world. These things are going to show up as spiritual. They're going to help people to understand and know God. They're going to recognize that God, his awesomeness, his ability to see into our hearts, he's going to release in us, through us, the the very things that another person needs. Maybe through words, it may be through direction, it may be through uh, hands-on service of so, some sort, it may be, as we've seen in the scriptures, healing. Uh, you know, none of us have a medical degree, or even those who have a medical degree can't do what Jesus did without the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's got, this is a spiritual reality. It puts creative things into the body and heals it. And you go, wow, that's, that's impressive. And he says, well, I, Holy Spirit says, I can do that. Might do it through you. We don't know. So he's going to release those things. What can stop that? We're going to talk about that more in, uh, later on. But what can stop that? Our, uh, not believing it. Not, not accepting it, not believing him, so a lack of faith, uh, rebellion, I ain't having it. Now that's, that's where some people get off, whether if they're charismatic Pentecostal or not charismatic Pentecostal, but just going, I'm not having that, whatever that is. And all of a sudden we just cut ourselves off from the Holy Spirit going, well, I was going to manifest that, but you said no. Okay then. We'll just not do that. You go, well, but he said he wants to do something in me, through me, and serve the people. Help them, guide them, heal them, move them forward in, in their life, their spiritual life, and their walk with the Lord. Each of you has been given a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Can you use, use them in a less than well way, apparently, 
Use them well. So we have the choice to use these manifestations of the Holy Spirit in a way to help others. If we're self-seeking, that's pretty much going to cut into that. It may look like some of these manifestations, but we've got other, we have other spiritual beings trying to man- copy or uh, kind of lead us astray, if there's any way to do so, and manifest things that look, wow, that's supernatural, that must be it. Uh, this is going to help people to know the Lord, grow the church, grow people in the church, God is going to accomplish his purposes through these manifestations that he has made available to each and every one of us. Your spiritual body, 1 Corinthians 15, the scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that's Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. Well, we're, we're given a, a clue as to how our makeup, uh, uh, who we are and how we're made up. So the first man, Adam, comes a living person. We're talking about the physical reality, and he's, and he's laying this out. That's, that's the one we know. We're born into this world. We are aware we are a natural, physical being. And then there's a spiritual body that comes later. And he's talking about the, the, the difference in this. Adam came to give the physical or shows up and gives us a physical, but that one's limited, and it's going to stop. Christ is a life-giving spirit, and that life keeps on. And that life with God keeps going on. We have a spiritual body that will continue. And he's talking about a body, not just a, a wispy ghost-like existence. He's talking about a reality in, in which... Without a material, physical, in this sort of universe, we will have an existence of our personality, mind, and, and a body, but it's, it's ready to handle heaven and all that is in that dimension. And he just gives us a clue. That's, that's who we are. So internally, that's who we are. We're living inside of a physical body. And the spiritual thing is this unique connection to God who empowers us with something that we can use for the good of other people who also are made are physical, but they have a spiritual reality inside of them, the spiritual body. And so we've got this, this beyond-us existence. Something that is way beyond who we are in, in the physical realm as we live and carry on and pay bills and fix breakfast and all the things that we do. So here's some, some help, maybe. I hope this will, this will help some. Spiritual understanding is externally sourced. Spiritual understanding is externally sourced. When we are dealing with these spiritual things and understanding them, grasping them, beginning to exercise them, we have to go outside of the physical body and our physical limitations, even our mental uh, limitations. We have to allow God to have access. So spiritual understanding is not an intellectual exercise. Spiritual understanding is not an intellectual 
exercise. And people can go to school, they can learn philosophy, they can learn about the scriptures, they can learn about church history, they can learn about ancient religions, and you put all of that together, it's helpful. All of those things are, are important and have a place. But spiritual understanding is not an intellectual exercise. That would be why many people who teach the Bible in colleges don't believe the Bible. They, they, it was just an interest to them, so they teach it. Well, they teach it without a spiritual reality. Some in seminaries are the same way. In some seminaries, they, it's really not a, an experiential reality to them. It's just intellectual interest, and they happen to get a degree in this, and so they teach it, but it's an intellectual uh, approach to a spiritual truth, and they miss it, and Always will. Spiritual understanding is not an intellectual exercise. Spiritual understanding is given by God. God is the one who provides it. So it's externally sourced. It's not from us. And uh, the, the whole idea of, of our... We just, we just reach inside and find the light within us. We discover ourselves. We, we find the peace within and we, and we bring... We don't have that. It's out there, and we need it in here, and it's externally sourced, means, which means we have to fall on our knees before the living God and say, you are God, you understand, you know what's out there, you can give me understanding, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean on you to, to bring that to me. So it, spiritual understanding is from the Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 13, 14. When we tell you these things... We do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But, but, people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who have right relationship with God are not in rebellion against God, not, not turning their back, not saying no to the Holy Spirit, not saying, you know, I'll go this far, but I'm not going any farther. You know, that makes me uncomfortable, so I don't, I don't want that. Can it, you can't receive it. None of us can receive that. We have to be open to Him. And he's, this isn't from human wisdom. And you go, well, that, you know, that just sounds crazy. Yeah, because it's externally sourced. It comes from God. These are things that he is sharing with us. And when someone is spiritual, they will hear God's spirit in the word spoken from that person. They will hear God's truth, and that reality will, will make sense and come into them. And they can gain from it, grow from it, heal from it, find their path from it. Because they are receiving what God has shared in and through uh, from the Holy Spirit. And it may be through the scriptures themselves. It may be other ways that he reveals himself. Or it may be through another person. And the manifestation comes through them and they speak into our lives. 
That whole attitude that seems to be popular among people is, don't tell me. That doesn't work well in the spiritual realm. Don't tell me. Well, I will accept this truth as long as it doesn't come from that person. And God, the Holy Spirit, says, I'm going to send the message through that person. And we go, "Uh uh-uh. Nope. No, thank you. And we go, you know, I've been waiting and praying and asking God to reveal what he wants me to do. And he's been doing it over and over again. And we just move on and miss because we say, don't tell me. Don't you tell me. And, and you don't understand where I'm coming from. The Holy Spirit understands perfectly because he knows each and every one of us intimately and he knows exactly where we are and what we need. And when we say, no, thank you, we limit what we can experience. And so the spiritual world will receive it. That's what it's saying. So we are in a position to receive from the Holy Spirit amazing things. A great variety of manifestations. Do people get one gift? Well, we know at least they get, they get one from what we've seen. Probably many, many, many over a lifetime. Because some are temporary, some are permanent, some, some are going to come at a time when you least expect it. And he's going to manifest when you're open and you're walking with him. Manifest in and through you for the good of another person. Because this is for serving others and building them up and for the good of God's purposes in and through his church and in reaching people around the world. That's pretty cool. But we're not going to use words that come from human wisdom. But wait, I like human wisdom. I understand human wisdom. Yeah, because we're fleshly and we tend to go that direction easily. And he's saying, but that's not how this works. This is spiritual, spiritual reality. Open your spirit that's why we get this, a spiritual injection of light, Ephesians 1. Paul is praying this. He's, he's telling them these things he's praying for. He does it here in chapter 1, does it again in 3. But he's, he's giving them a heads up on this particular thing. And he says to the people in Ephesus, church there, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Wow. That's external. He's not saying, I I just hope you do better on your math test and, and you... Draw deep within your heart and make this happen. Nope. I'm asking God to give you spiritual wisdom. It comes from out there. To give you insight from out there. So that you might grow in your knowledge of God. It comes from out there. comes into us. Then we can grow, develop, add to what we know already. And when God shows up and starts giving us that kind of insight and that kind of knowledge... It doesn't just add to knowledge. It will exponentially explode within us knowledge of him and understanding the awesomeness 
of his character and who he is, what he is doing, and how he's doing those things. He wants to bring that into us. And Paul is, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. Flooded with light. Not just a little trickle. Flooded with light. So that your heart, your whole inside, your being will just come alive with what God is doing, what he has to say, so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. Confident hope. Hope in itself is, is a, a confidence and assurance of something that is coming. And so there, there is an excitement about that and a, and a holding on to that that solidifies our lives because we know the hope that is set for us. And it's, it's solid, unchanging. It is there for us to, to build our lives around and toward, knowing that that is set, and we can trust what is coming. That's the hope. How do we get that kind of hope? Because it doesn't take much to rattle most people. You, you've seen it, life after life, people turning away, people in, in Christian leadership turning their back on Christ and going, no, you know, I don't believe that anymore. I know I used to write songs or sing songs or be in a national Christian worship band, and do, but now, not, nah, there's nothing to it. So what happened? Where is that? What, what happens in us when we go, what? you know, tough things happened. You know, it didn't go the way I wanted. My life did not go the way I wanted. Obviously, there's nothing to this. So where's the confident hope? Somewhere in the midst of our walk with the Lord, we've said, no, I'm going to put up this wall, and I'm going to tell you, because of my experience, you don't do so well. You could do better, Lord, but you chose not to, so here's my wall. You stay over there, I'll stay over here, and our confident hope is missing, and now we just kind of Get through life. Just get by. It's another day, another year. That's not what he's talking about here. Pray your hearts will be flooded with light. Understanding who God is. Let him in so you can understand the confident hope. To live this life out fully. To freely move forward in the spirit. To experience the reality of God daily. Whether you have a cold or COVID, whether you're fighting cancer, whatever it is that has come upon you, you have a confident hope and you move forward. You keep moving with him. Pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. He's looking forward to this relationship. That's why he's calling it. These people who have been brought out of this world and are God's inheritance, the thing, he, he's coming. The reason he sent Jesus, bring people into the family. That's his inheritance. So he wants every one of you, wants all of us, to experience this. From Ellicott's commentary for English readers, he says this about the eyes of your understanding. The true reading is of your heart for which the words 
of your understanding have been substituted so as to yield a simpler and easier expression. The heart is similarly spoken of in relation to spiritual perception in Romans 1.21, 1 Corinthians 2.9, 1 Corinthians 4.5. It signifies the inner man in his entirety. And the phrase here used seems to convey the all-important truth that for the knowledge of God, all the faculties of understanding, conscience, and affection must be called into energy by the gift of the light of God. So this is entirety. This is the whole of the inner person, the deepest part of us, and that soulish spiritual reality in us, that light will just be pervasive, and it will just shine in us as God comes and floods our hearts. And then with our understanding, conscience, our affections, our desire will be to follow him. Our, our tendency will be, instead of being critical and negative and falling apart, will be to trust him, draw near, fall on our knees, recognize who he is and what he's doing. That's what's moving us. That motivates us. That keeps us going because we have a hope, a sure hope, setting out there ahead of us. There is a designated giver in this whole manifestation, gifting, the designated giver. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. He's going to manifest in different ways. He chooses what those are. Uh, he, he is at work in doing that from, from the get-go. There is provided to us, should we choose, we can ask the Holy Spirit for a manifestation. Did you know that? He's going to do it. He decides if you get it or not, or if you're going to be able to do that. But you can ask him. And, and Jesus says, if you ask the Father, you know, he's, he's a good Father, you know, like, like a regular dad on earth. If you ask him for bread, he's not going to give you a snake. You ask him for the Holy Spirit, guess what? He wants to give you the Holy Spirit because he wants you to be part of this family. He wants you to experience the fullness of all of these things. What about the gifts? Well, in this whole list from 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, the gifts and a, a number of uh, things are are discussed, but Paul, in the midst of that, says, "You know, you can you can ask for the gift of prophecy." He said, "I wish everybody could prophesy. You could ask for that." Okay, so you can ask for these. Do you get them automatically because you say something about? No, probably not, because he he distributes as he wills. It is. The Holy Spirit's determination, who gets what, when. and he, he, But he's available to provide those. And you can ask, and there may be some of those that he says, I've just been waiting for you to ask because I, I did want to bring that, but I wanted you to, to uh, in, get involved in this. So if you have a leaning, it may be the Lord laying it on your heart, feel free to ask. And see what the Lord does with that. Holy Spirit still, designated giver. He chooses how this thing's going to go. So the manifestations are for everyone. And everyone has 
an opportunity to exhibit these, to practice them, to do them well, to serve one another. And, well, let's talk about that. The Holy Spirit gives you your gift. The Holy Spirit is the power source. So he's out there. He's providing the power. He's the external source who brings it into us as individuals and into churches and to, you know, he can do it as in, a, in a wider bunch as well. But he, he's going to be the source, the unlimited, wise, loving choice, uh, uh, the one who's going to choose who the, who people get, uh, which people get these. So the Holy Spirit is the designer and designator. He's going to choose who gets them. He's going to provide. He's the one who sources them. The Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts. So he's manif- he wants to manifest these things in and through you for the good of the whole. And he's going to do that. In you may be in an individual situation, and God just brings this light, this, and, and the manifestation shows up. And you say the right thing at the right time for somebody, and you go, I don't even know where that came from. How did I even know that about that person? And all of a sudden, there it is. Maybe you have a sense of, man, I need to, do, I need to, I need to reach out. I need to give some money. I need to go over there and cut some wood. I need to build a house. I need to, you know, something else comes to mind. And the Lord is showing up in a way and working in and through you and speaking, manifesting. And it may, it may be even more, uh, you pray for that person and something supernatural power just breaks loose. It may be through dreams. It may be in a, in a number of different ways that it shows up. There, There's just, back to the variety, there are so many ways that the Lord can manifest in different situations, with different people, uniquely, powerfully, wonderfully, to raise up people of God, the family of God, and to bring the family of God together. Just imagine what he can do in and through you. The power out there. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The God who created this world. And he's saying, I want to bring you something. I want to manifest in you things you can't even touch yet. But when you are enlightened in your spirit, your, your heart is flooded with his light. And you listen to him and allow him to do what he does. Wow, he's going to turn it loose. Holy Spirit is available. It is a spiritual thing. And you are invited to be spiritual. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being a, <laughs> such a wonderful and, and loving person who comes into our lives in ways that we, we couldn't have thought of before. You, you guide and direct. You give. You wrap your arms around us. You lift us out of the pit. You keep us going when we want to quit. You give us insight into things we had no idea were even a, a possibility. Lord, there's a great future ahead that that will just make all of this seem fuzzy and gray by comparison. And Lord, you're just preparing things for us that that will just rock 
rock us from the inside out. Thank you for the work that you're doing in us. Thank you for the manifestations through us. Help us to serve well with all these gifts and to honor you through them all. In Jesus' name, amen.